welcome to Audio Potluck, ko Nikki O'Connor toko ingoa no Tūranga Nui Ake Wahau ko Ngāti Parau Te Iwi. I'm Nikki and I'll be the host of Audio Potluck, a podcast dedicated to the music of Te Tairawhiti. Each episode, one of our panellists bring a song with Gizzy Whakapapa to the table for the Potluck panel to sample and mull over, serving as a starting point for yarns about all things music out here on the east coast of Aotearoa, New Zealand. Made for Gizzy Local, an online platform for community connection. In this episode, I'm joined by Owen Vickers, Rez Rapid and Amy Milne. Tēnā koe, Amy. Kia ora, Nikki. Hey, um, it's really nice to have you here, um, not just because um, you're an awesome thinker, but also because you're one of my mates, and so mm. it's really nice to be able to um, share this experience with you. You have a background in nursing. Yeah. Um... You also are a musician, and you play the ukulele. Mm-hmm, and what, what's your what's your band called? Well, for a very short time, we were the Ponzi Scheme, and we had uh, it all started with I could I have always played guitar a little bit, never ukulele, but I always wanted to give it a go. And then I met Owen, who's a fabulous guitar player, and he actually bought me a ukulele for my birthday, and told me that I could sing. Apparently, I can sing as well. So we. we put this little band together with uh, the, we went to the ukulele underground and gave it a go. And then, yeah, we've done some gigs after that. And then now we just, Amy and Owen, it's a little bit boring. Yeah. The other, the other band members have gone elsewhere and we, yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, And you sort of set up a little challenge over the first lockdown too, for local, local acts to play a song of their choice or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a little bit of an uptake on that, but yeah. we we were just bored, really, and we um, took the opportunity to actually record some songs. And do, Owen's been into video, doing videos as well. Um, we did the forty-eight hour film fest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got into filmmaking a little bit. So we thought that music videos were were kind of cool at the time, and we shared ours, and they and you know people seemed to like them, and yeah. And then we got people sharing theirs with us. And yours was one of them too, with your Omnicord. Yeah. yeah. What was that song and that you did? Betty yeah. Davis Eyes, and then it was a Split Ends one. Yes. And then it was Don't You Forget About Me. Um, but back to you. Mm-hmm. You're also an, uh, a writer. Yeah, that's something that's uh, come about recently, actually. So uh, I, I basically just write the occasional column, and the Gisborne Herald editor is great. He'll just publish anything. <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, I I, uh, I think it was just, I felt like there needed to be a different voice because it was always the same voices that have been quite loud in Gizmo. So I just felt like there needed to be more of a, you know, female, you know, get rid of that paternalistic kind of uh, mm. letter writing in the paper. And then it went from there and I've, uh, yeah, I've written a few things. I've had some things published. It's been quite exciting, actually. So what, what song did you bring along for us to listen to today? Okay, so I found an absolute gem, actually. I had not heard of this uh, person before. Um, I've, I, To be honest, I have been away from Gisborne for so long, like I lived overseas for years, and I missed that kind of period. When I came back, actually, Rez's band was kind of doing their thing. So I came back and I remember going to a gig at Smash and it was the Rocket Jocks. When you were saying, you know, find a Gisborne band mm. with Gisborne licks, I found it quite hard, actually. Um, so I was doing a bit of a Google search, and uh, came across Sandy Mill, who I, you guys obviously know of her. And 
I, I, I knew Sandy a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. from mm. up, up the coast. There's connections up the coast there. Oh, we were in Auckland together uh, doing music stuff. Oh. Yeah. Uh, studying music, I should say. Well, studying audio engineering. Right. That was with Graham Downs. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so... Well, I'm, I'm a new fan. Uh, she was... She she always had a beautiful voice. Oh. And she was, even back... We're talking 20 years ago. She was driven, man. Mm. Yeah. You can see that Sandy was trying to get the skills so that she could utilise them and mm. set something up, right? Yeah, yeah well, she's, uh, she's sung with, like, Basement Jacks. She's been back up to, you know, these, of, of the song that I've chosen... Um, has got about four different versions, and one of them was Dick Johnson. You know, so she was that kind of '90s house. Oh. Uh, she's she's sung with Pitch Black. You know, they were all yeah. my favourites. And actually, the song that I've chosen probably I would have listened to back in the '90s when I was a bit rinsed from like the night before. <laughs> you know, it's a bit of a chill down kind of. Uh, so yeah, um, the name of the song is Charade by Sandy Mill, and uh, actually this is the Love Amongst Ruin mix. Thank you. 
Okay, so that was the Love Amongst Ruin mix, and I, like, I'm quite mainstream in my music. <laughs> I probably don't go for those more obscure things, but uh, Love Amongst Ruin, I, I had heard of them, but I have never really listened to them, and um, apparently they're like a super group from Britain, and the guy Steve Hewitt was the drummer for Placebo. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he mixed that song, along with this other guy, called Nadim Dyer, who uh, sound designed for video games like uh, Silent, Kill, Silent Hill, sorry, Silent Hill, um, Call of Duty, Strike Team, Overkill, House of the Dead. I don't know if you're a gamer. You Very scary know. games. Yeah. Mm. So he's got that mm. deep, Very dark, atmospheric. broody kind mm. of. So yeah, I thought that was quite cool. And they've actually pitched her vocals down quite a bit. So it was a little bit distorted. But her voice is just pure you know she's got one of those lovely versatile voices and it does remind me of those uh that era where there was that kind of uh, chill out music that in the 90s it reminds me of my days in melbourne actually when yeah. i would come out of the clubs and it was daylight those it just <laughs> reminds me of those those times but um yeah so that was a really good mix but her live version of the song uh obviously there's more lyrics in that and uh it was that was beautiful. Her, her other song, so I would recommend that everyone listen to it. Um, and did, did I hear you say before there are four versions of that particular yeah. song made? Uh, and so the other one was mixed by Dick Johnson, who I used to love back in the nineties as well. He used Is to come that to Gisborne. Housey or what? Really housey. So um, also just a, actually a shout out to Sandy because she was very kind in emailing me back with some information about the song and. Uh, her son was actually in hospital in Starship and he'd just broken his arm he'd come off a skateboard and broken his arm so it was really nice of her to actually take the time to, to email me back um, and she actually said that this particular song Charade was written just you know she was about to go into a studio to do some more recording uh, and she kind of wrote it, wrote it really quickly um, took her a few minutes apparently she just put it together and it, she said it's one of those special songs you know that just works so um, the song actually is about the complexity of relationships and the, the masks that people wear and um, there's some lines in there which I didn't write down in my notes but something along the line of you know if you say it I'm probably thinking it too so yeah it's a, it's a really nice song um, and she's actually from Ngāti, she's Ngāti Puro Whakapapa um, and so now with the Tairawhiti Arts Festival coming up I actually didn't realise but she's actually coming to Gisborne um, and singing with uh, Jackie Clark and uh, Bronwyn Tuday. Yeah. yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that because I'm a new fan now. I've been listening to all her songs and I just can't wait to see. What did it evoke in you that when you heard that particular version, what were the feelings or um, the thoughts that that evoked in you? I guess I find it kind of hypnotic and I like that deep kind of dirty noise in it. What do you call that? I don't know. It's kind of grimy like, and yeah. backstreet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 I like it. So her live version was very sort of sweet and melodic and, you know, it's, it makes you feel kind of lovey and melty. And this one was just a little bit darker, which I quite liked. Rhys doesn't like it. <laughs> what do you think, Rhys? Um, I really don't like this song. Tell us why. <laughs> I really <laughs> hate it, Tell us what you actually. really think. You hate it? Mm, I'll, oh. I'll tell you why. Yeah. I mean, but music is... It's it's an art it's art right so and that's, and that's subjective, subjective yeah. yeah so uh, 
one person may like something and the other person may not like it. It's not to say one opinion is better than the other. It's just that people like different things. It's just mm -hmm. the way that people are. Um, I think the target market for the song is the opposite of, of, of me. Uh, the song sounds very polished and mm. sophisticated and very introspective and very, very smart. Broody. Yeah. 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 And I like music for idiots. So, <laughs> so yeah. uh, I can go and like, you're talking about the broody bit. Like, so this song is built on a, that uh, uh, progression in the verse, right? That ba, ba, ba. Ba, ba, yes, ba. I like that chord progression. I like that. Uh, that doesn't do anything ah. for me, unfortunately. And it's interesting that you say that Sandy just kind of wrote it on a... On a whim. Uh, on, on, on a whim, yeah, because uh, that feels slow to me. Unfortunately, it doesn't land with me. Oh, um, wow. See, it lands so well with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing, which is weird, we're kind of the opposite because you talked about the texturing and the layering, yeah. like on the vocal, and I feel that detracts from Sandy's voice. And I feel I that but yeah, because the agree. base of the song, I don't like it. You can stick on as much stuff on top of that as you want. But because I feel that the foundation is weak, it mm. means that, yeah, no matter what she she I, does. I do have to yeah. agree with you. I, her voice is so beautiful. I, I think when they pitched it down. Yeah, I, yeah. Because I've heard her sing like, yeah. you know, live before and She's it's beautiful. She's got that lovely, yeah. So I, I was surprised. And I didn't know when you said there was a pitch shift. And I was like, oh, well, that might that might explain it maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, like I say, uh, Sandy is, is um, very motivated uh, mm. and she has a beautiful voice. My only issue is the song itself just doesn't. Just doesn't do it for me, unfortunately. Mm. Mm. It must have been early 90s. Um, I did uh, a little bit of training at audio engineering school up in Auckland. One of our tutors was Graham Downs of the Villains, but Sandy was in that class as well. And uh, um, even then, like, she had a beautiful voice, uh, but she was, out of all our classmates, I think, you could tell me she was motivated. She wanted to get somewhere, so she was like, I come here. Rez, you're just here stuffing around because you like pressing buttons like a monkey, right? Okay, but I'm here to learn skills because I'm going to do something, right? And she had that uh, that air or that attitude about her. And I'm not surprised yeah. that she became very well known at all. Yeah. Hmm. Well, not so well known that I knew who she was. Well, you so. found her in the end, though, right? You found her in the end. <laughs> but, you were overseas. Uh, yeah. it's, it's interesting, Rez, because... Um, you know, you talk about that being um, polished and quite mm. a different market than what, you know. Mm. Whereas I hear that as kind of very side street, back alley mm. sounding. You think the it, production value is I think is the production's amazing. No, I think Ooh. the production's amazing, but I think maybe we're talking at cross-purposes there. Um, I think the production, yeah, is, is incredible. It's very crisp and, and lovely, but... Um, it's very it's stripped back. It's not. I don't think it's a pop yeah. song. I thought it was very simple. Yeah, I, it's such a nice yeah. simple song. Yeah, stripped back in terms of like there's uh, obviously the vocal isn't as detailed as yeah. the other ones, but I could feel that it was quite for me. That's a real slow mover, which you did mention. You know, very it's, atmospheric. Yeah, too. yeah, yes. yeah. Atmospheric. That's a good mm. word. And it reminded me a lot of a couple of guilty pleasures of mine, which are pop songs so maybe this is where I can kind of extend the olive branch to you a little bit um, 
It's Too Late to Apologise by One Republic. And oh, I see. I, <laughs> that's one of my to favourites too. Is I it? love that right. song. Yeah. So, it's got some quite, some aspect of it is like, that. Yeah. there's almost like a slow cinematic kind of There's um, a feel chord change. It. There's some kind of chord change, especially in this song, that it's not what you expect. You know, you're kind of wanting this chord progression to go differently and then all of a sudden it drops go to down. A minor yeah, or yeah, it's a minor It doesn't maybe. do it so much in this version. This version's quite sort of flat, doesn't Mm. To me, it's like a similar to Rez, it, it didn't excite me a whole lot. I think it, it didn't help that I heard the original version first. Okay, because I haven't uh, heard is, the original. It poisoned the well. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, if, I'd, yeah. if I'd heard this in isolation, I'd probably have quite a different um, view of it. I mean, production-wise, it's amazing. If you listen to it on a good set of monitors or headphones, you, it, it costs a lot of money to make this, month, this mm. song, I would say. It, they've, um, they've used some very good recording gear for it. Um, and obviously the pedigree of the, the guy from Placebo, is um, he's probably got a nice studio, I'd say. Probably better than, <laughs> better than the one in my bedroom. A Ford track, <laughs> yeah, maybe. He can afford a, one of those USB drives. iPhone in the corner. E- even though it's expensive, I don't expect that they would have thought, let's write a pop song, this is going to be no. it, you I, know? I don't, think that, is... I don't think that was the point of the song, really. I think yeah. um, there was there was her original... It's just a really sweet, and it's quite um, vulnerable. Her the way that she mm. delivers her her original version, especially the one on there's a um, a live version that she did on BFM Freak the Sheep show, um, which is definitely worth looking up on YouTube. It's just her and a guy playing guitar, which it's is a not a guitar. slide guitar. It's a, a Telecaster with a <laughs> tremolo pedal at times. Probably right. into a solid state Fender that amp. Details aside, it sounds anyway. like a slide guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and even in the um, the original, it's very basic and it doesn't, like you said, Riz, it doesn't really have a chorus as such in that original, but there is a sort of a change to a more sort of a, a major sort of chorus, so you know that something's changed, whereas in this particular version it was just quite flat to me, didn't really seem to progress anywhere, but um, as, as a, if you listen to all four of the songs... It, you probably get more of appreciation of what each one does. Um, I think as a standalone, this one doesn't really excite me, but if you compare it to the other ones, it's definitely got a place. Just out of curiosity, um, on, is it a, uh, on the recording of those um, four tracks, where in the order does this one come? I'm not sure what you the playlist know, is. Actually, I didn't know. go that far into the into the research there um, but they came out what was it 2018 was yeah. when that one came out mm. um, so would they have all been released those four versions I think they all came out at the same time I think yeah. so because I'd be interested to know when we're in the place order that one yeah. was whether mm. it was like number three number two number four actually, why would I they think, do that Owen why would I you think I actually that? read somewhere that um, that what was the guy's name the placebo drummer Steve Hewitt Steve Hewitt I think I read somewhere that he had heard her original song and, and offered oh, to it a remix. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he must yeah. have heard something in it that he went, shit, man, mm. this is moody. And yeah. I can, yeah. The more times I listen to it, the more I love it. It's one mm. of those ones. Yeah. yeah. So, Amy, if you could bring uh, a musician or a band to Gizzy, who would it be? I would bring back Banshee Reel. They were big in the pub circuit. So uh, when I was in Palmy as a student... Every time Banshee Reel played, that, that was the same time. He'd like a hole, you know, it was, a, yeah, 90s. Um, and Julia Deans was the lead singer. Um, have you heard of Banshee Reel? Yeah, they, they played, like, Irish rock music. 
live, they were just amazing. Her voice was great, but, you know, live they were just amazing and they made you want to dance and it was foot stompy and and we went every single time they played. So I would love to see them get back together and, and play in Gisborne. Thanks for listening. Audio Potluck was produced by Sarah Cleave of Gizzy Local. It was recorded at Taiki Year. Recording and editing by Rob Harris. Podcast intro music, Bliss Out by The Robber.